find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. I got a text from um, a um, scammer job request. Oh, another one? Yeah. What did they say? Well, it was very eerie because (laughs) unsaved number in my phone from an area code, which I looked up as in New Jersey. And so we're moving to New Jersey for your for your work and texted me. All they texted was, hello, Taylor. (laughs) And I let it sit there for like an hour because I was like, maybe they'll text me something else other than just hello, Taylor. Because I was like, I don't think I know anyone that would have a New Jersey area code. And then they didn't. So then I just said, who's this? And then it was like, I'm texting you in regards to a job opening for blah, 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 blah. Sure. And I was like, cool, not interested. Thanks. Bye. Lose this number, pal. Speaking of funny wrong numbers, did I ever tell you about that time I got a really ominous wrong number text in Spanish? God, I hope I saved it. Yeah, and wasn't it a picture of a place that was right down the street from where we lived? Yeah, it ended, well, it was the same area code, so yeah, I got this super ominous text, and basically, it was just a picture (laughs) of like a motel sign. Mm Mm-hmm from yeah like you said at the time where we lived which to be fair it was a number from the same area code as us so it was probably someone in the area but even if i knew this i don't know why anyone would do that but then they texted that night they texted me again and they said like good night sleep well or something like that in spanish Mm -hmm. and i don't speak spanish because i'm stupid so i had to go through a translator app Mm -hmm. so then the next day so then I ignored it I was like I know this is a wrong number but it was just kind of weird like it was just ominous and the motel sign creeped me out and I mean you know I I just freaked me out the next day they sent me another picture and this time it wasn't it wasn't creepy it more looked like what it was it was like probably an old person who didn't really know how to work because it was like the picture it was like the inside of like a living room or something like that but what was weird was there were no people in the pictures it was just like it was just pictures of like random so then because they had texted me in spanish already i texted them back like sorry wrong number or something like that in spanish and then they replied and they were like so sorry like something like that in spanish but then like a couple days later they texted me again yeah and that time i didn't bother replying because i was like it's probably just a wrong number but i was like it could also just be someone messing around and i'm not gonna deal with that so i think i'm i think i blocked the number yeah I was like, I told you once that this was the wrong number. Now go away. Anyways, this was your pick. I really like this movie. Um, I've been wanting to do it for a while. I feel like it's a classic. When I think of found footage, this is what I think of. Yeah. I feel like this is the classic found footage. Yeah. Well, this is the Blair Witch Project. It was... It was... uh, 
Well, I guess you always wanted to do it, and then I think it was Santa who recommended it on our last poll. I like this movie. I think it's one of the, I don't know, maybe one of the first like found footage horror films, like that really popular one. It might I really, be. I haven't done enough research to like factually say that, but you know, when I think of found footage films, this would be the OG. Mm-hmm. And I think it did so well because of how like it marketed itself, like putting the missing posters up of you know the three people in it and you know doing an article of like how these found footage tapes were found like in the bottom of a house and did you so we are trying to do this new thing now at the behest of uh, miss kayla (laughs) 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 where we asked you guys mainly just our instagram followers because that's where we're more prominent of where uh, if they had any fun facts to share with us, any stories, memories, favorite scenes, reviews, and we got a couple. Do you want to give us the gist of those? Yes. <clears throat> um, okay. So, okay. Um, so our first one is from our friend Take On The Academy at Take On The Academy on Instagram. Um, and they said, my old friend and podcast co-host, Spro, worked at a theater when this came out. That was what they put in the question box. And then they continued in DMs. Mm-hmm. The projectionist invited him and some co-workers to sneak out of their houses on a Thursday night and come sit for a screening. Also, he needed to inspect the reels. So after the movie, Spro is significantly freaked out and driving home alone at 2.30 a.m. when what feels like a person's knee presses into the back of the driver's seat. Apparently, he lost control of the car, jumped a curb into someone's front lawn, and flew out of his car screaming. (laughs) There was no one back there, and he drove home feeling very silly. (laughs) Yeah, I can say I can see how this movie would freak people out, like especially if you're going into it thinking that it's like real, you know? Yeah. It's at night in the woods, you're alone, it's dark. I I love how <laughs> I love how if you're already unsettled, the smallest thing, you'll just like mm-hmm. just immediately act like a fool. Well, when we were hiking the other day and there was that sign that was like, you're in bear country. I really thought we were going to die. There was one turn and like there was all these like, because we've gotten so much rain, everything's like really overgrown. And so Mm -hmm. like we're ducking, there's bushes everywhere that we're like having to overgrown on the um, trail and we're like ducking under them and everything. And we were taking a turn and right when like some of it cleared, there was like a log that was like overturned and like kind of standing up in a weird direction and i literally at first i was like because i thought it was a bear the thing is every single time we hike we hike in bear country but for some reason it just really freaked me out this time and i got when you started googling things while we're hiking saying yeah because someone had left a review on all trails saying they ran into a bear and that made me nervous but i think because we don't carry bear spray because we're stupid almost every trail we've been on someone says that they think they saw a bear or they saw a bear and there's trails that we've been on where we're like there's no way you saw a bear here I know. But anyway, it freaked me out. So yeah, I think that's hilarious. Um, I think that's completely something I would do. Um, And then um, our friend Santa also sent in. (laughs) 
Imagine like <laughs> Buddy the Elf in Elf just screaming, Santa! That's what that's what it is. That's how much we love Santa. <laughs> Santa of Shook Podcast, who we love dearly. And if you haven't listened to our crossover episode, you should. Um, Santa said, oh my God, when I was a kid, I thought it was a real document documentary that movie was a cultural phenomenon and they had a website that played into the story and made it seem so real yeah my mom also thought it was real i think one of the biggest things is that lots of people thought that this was real for the longest time because i don't think they say anything they don't say that it's not real until like the very end of the credits which is like who stays for that no one um and so yeah, and they do have that a website where, like, they put it up however far in advance before the movie came out and posted, like, articles of, like, people who were researchers and found these tapes, like, dug up these tapes from, like, the basement of this abandoned house and stuff like that. So, so this reminded me very much, this is a little bit of a tangent, mm-hmm. but this reminded me very much of a movie that... I wish we could review on our podcast, but we really can't because it's not horror. But I think you know about it because I've talked about it before. It's called Mermaids the Body Found. Is it that Discovery Channel? Like? Yes. And yeah. I went down a I little... I feel like everyone's been duped by a Discovery Channel, like, mockumentary type thing. I was shook to my core the first time I watched this movie because... So this came out in 2012, which would have made me... 15 so still young enough to be pretty stupid and I fully bought it and I think it wasn't until the very end like you just said that they were like this is fictional and it shook me to my absolute core I fully believed it to be true and I remember watching it and being like oh my god it's actually happening we're finding out about real mermaids. I think I also watched that documentary too. And I was devastated mm-hmm. when I watched it because I, I was so invested in it and I watched it to the very end and then they said it wasn't real and I was so, so sad. And that was the, that was the first time I learned that, that Discovery Channel which you can think lie. Of, yeah. That Discovery Channel can lie. Um, so that that I really I feel very passionately about Mermaids the Body Found. I've watched it multiple times since. I think I'm the only person in the world who cares about this movie. But um, anyways, if you want me to do my own special episode on Mermaids the Body Found, let me know. The one that for me that I realized that Discovery can lie was during <laughs> Shark Week. This may this actually may be two separate documentary special things or it's the same one. I don't really know for sure. But it's about the Megalodon. Megalodon's not real. No. No. But Discovery Channel did a whole thing about how Megalodons are real. Yeah. And I think it might have been a different one i think it probably was the same type of documentary about megalodons but one of the things that stuck with me was how so sharks have to swim in order to breathe like in order to live sharks need to continue swimming because that's how you get they get air through their gills and so this documentary was saying that this megalodon like shark was so like evolutionarily like predisposed predisposed to be like this great hunter that they have 
gained this trait to where they do not need to swim constantly to to breathe and that this shark has been able this huge shark has been able to basically just like vertically float in the water without moving and then has the strength to just like propel itself out of the water instantaneously to like grab whatever it is that it wants to grab Mm -hmm. and supposedly there were like videos of it like these huge like inflatable buoy things that weigh like however like that would take tons and tons of force to drag it underwater just like immediately being dragged underwater and they were all fake and doctored and i thought it was real and I remember Googling about it because I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then they're like, yeah, there are a bunch of articles of people being upset <laughs> that, like, why would Discovery Channel post this? Yeah. So they. This and it was is on what, Shark Week, which is like typically. Yeah. I So I researched the um, Mermaid's the Body Found and it aired on both Animal Planet and Discovery Channel. Jeez, there's a lot of people out there that probably this is why we get these like conspiracy theorists because they you know how na- uh the history channel mm-hmm. a majority of it now is just aliens yeah that's probably why there's a shit to like i think aliens are real but like not to the extent that i think that like i don't know like green little human beings are like everywhere all the time but like I, this is why people think these things yeah it, it definitely is like i I mean, it, it wouldn't necessarily shock me if there are people who think that Mermaids the Body Found is real because they just didn't see that at the end or they chose not to pay attention or whatever. Yeah. It reminds me of, it's like the, the 15 or 10 or 15 years ago version of now when people will like, you know, put, like they'll take a picture of like, or they'll, you know, they'll tweet like, today my my daughter said mom why is the sky so beautiful you know what i mean like they'll just make some shit up Mm -hmm. and be like my three-year-old said this or when people will go on facebook and they'll just put a like a random picture and they'll be like did you know this is a um homeless doctor who just operated on a young boy for 24 hours straight and say like they'll just make something up and everyone will buy it and repost it it's like that now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, there's, there's a real lack of ability to fact check. And I, what I'm trying to say is I think these documentaries are at fault for that. Yeah. Anyway, this is the Blair Witch Project. It was released in 1999. Some of the reviews here. We have 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 72% on Just Watch. And at 86%, this is the highest rated Rotten Tomatoes score of any film that has been nominated for the Razzie Award for Worst Picture. I'm kind of surprised that this was nominated for Worst Picture. Yeah, me too. But anyway, uh, this was directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. Eduardo has also directed an episode of Yellow Jackets, which is a pretty good show that I've been wanting to watch, and also helps direct VHS 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Similar vibes. Yes. Uh, this was written by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, and also Heather Donahue, who plays herself, Heather, mm-hmm. uh, also has writing credits because she, well, technically, 
all everything that they said heather mike and josh they it was basically like for the most part all improv but heather herself gets uh writing credits because she wrote those like opening monologues that she does in the beginning of like her documentary scenes she wrote those herself so that's why she gets writing credits and the other two don't this is starring heather donahue who plays heather michael c williams who plays mike and joshua leonard who plays josh uh they played themselves obviously because they are marketing this as a real story they put up missing posters all the whole deal uh joshua leonard has since been in he portrayed james finnegan in the new james motel series or bates motel series um the other two they've kind of done on and off things but heather donahue gave up acting and guess what she does now she is a lawyer no she is a doctor. No. Am I close? Mm, doctor was closer. A nurse? No. Was that clo- colder or warmer? Warmer. Um, orthodontist? No. I don't know. Think about She uh, owns a medicinal cannabis company. Nice. Or I don't know what owns, but works for, operates one. Uh, the budget for this movie was $60,000. What do you think it made in the box office? Oh, God. I have no idea. Um, two million. Less or more? Way more. 25 million. Way more. 285 million. 248.6 million dollars. Nice. Good for them. So it's a ratio of every dollar that they spent, they made $10,931. Isn't that great? Wish I could make money. Okay, so let me do some fun facts and then I'll do the summary and then we can get right into it. Okay. So Heather Donahue's mother actually received sympathy cards from people who believed that her daughter was actually dead or missing. Huh. One of the video cameras that was used by the actors was bought at Circuit City, and after filming was completed, the producers returned the camera for a refund, <laughs> making their budget money go even farther. God, do you remember Circuit City? I remember. I have a very distinct memory. There was one that was in the parking lot of the Northridge Mall, and I remember, I don't know what my parents needed, but my mom and dad both were like, hey, do you want to come with us to Circuit City? And I thought they said Circus City. <laughs> so me being like four years old, I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. And then basically just went to like a Best Buy. <laughs> and I was so bored. <laughs> circus City. I thought they said Circus City. <laughs> anyway, to maintain the film's fear factor, the three main actors agreed to stay in character for the entire eight days of filming. If an actor had to break from character, then the remaining two actors also had to break character, but only after they collectively said their safety word. Do you want to know what their safety word was? Yes. Taco. Nice. Uh, Let's see one more. During the woods shooting, the actors were mostly out of contact with the directors and crew, although the the crew and directors were very close by. Uh, They mainly communicated them with walkie-talkies. Um... And they also had a GPS device, which was able to, uh, which they used to locate a pre-positioned uh, crate um, with like a safety flag attached to it, which contained instructions for what the directors wanted to see in that day's shoot. 
um, notes from the directors, fresh film cans, as well as snacks, waters, and other supplies. Then they deposited the previous day's footage into the crate so the directors could, you know, view what they had recorded the previous day. And then the crew also set their tent up for them at the next location. The directors would then ping that GPS location uh, when it was time for them to continue moving. So almost everything was filmed by them. Nice. All right, shall I do a summary? Yes. All right. In search of a local legend, three bold amateur documentarians, director Heather, cameraman Josh, sound recorder Mike, hike into Burkittsville's gloomy Black Hills Forest to find the fabled Blair Witch. Now, one long year later, after that fateful October of 1994, there is still no sign of the student filmmakers apart from the raw footage they left behind. All right, let's get into it. You didn't ask me about my Kayla's question. Oh, do you have a Kayla's question? Yes, I do. Okay. How is the Discovery Channel legally allowed to lie to our faces? (laughs) I don't know. I'm kidding. Um, No, but I am still angry about Mermaids the Body Founded. So my question actually kind of ties into that more (laughs) more than the movie. Okay. But it kind of makes sense for the movie, too. Okay, what is one either mythical creature or legend, right? So, or like cryptid, right? What is mm-hmm. one creature or thing in, in that neighborhood that you know in your heart of hearts is not real, but you wish was real? And why do you wish it was real? Bigfoot. You wish Bigfoot was real? Yeah, I think... Out of any cryptid, at least that I can think of off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure that there are tons of like podcasts that I've listened to that talk about cryptids that I've probably listened to one. I'm like, oh, like, yeah, that's real. Like, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Bigfoot, like, makes, and I mean, bear with me, like, this is a very loose one. What I say is like very, don't interpret it like hardcore. I think it makes the most sense. That, like, there are people that get lost in our national forests and our national parks and just never appear ever again. That is true. And so, and, like, there's how, like, however many people, like, a shocking amount of people every year go missing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's either, one, there's, like, a cannibal camp of people that live in our national parks that are kidnapping people and eating them alive. Or, two, Bigfoot. (laughs) People have gotten lost, and then evolutionarily, they've just kind of... I mean, it would take hundreds and hundreds of years, but what's not to think, like, Bigfoot is, like... Bigfoot is stealing all of those people? No. I'm saying that, like... I feel like there might be other explanations besides just those two you listed. It could be both. I think, But I think it's, like, reasonable that, like... Because Bigfoot is, like, evolutionarily... Like, they call him, like, the missing link. Like, between, Mm -hmm. like, apes and humans. Right. Like, he could be like just some group of people that when like you know civilized people became like humans some other branch of people just went into the forest and now they are bigfoot bigfoot people <clears throat> you know may i may i reason i that train of thought no <laughs> <laughs> what cryptid do you believe in <laughs> Okay. Um, I don't know if 
it's not that I believe in it or that I even wish it was real necessarily, but I have a very special place in my heart for Nessie. Yeah, I was going to say the Loch Ness Monster too, but yeah. Yeah, I I just think she's sick. Mm. Um, but if I, I, I don't know, I think if I really could pick, I actually, I, I feel like I'd probably pick mermaids because they're kind of cool and mysterious, but I, I feel like they also would leave us alone and we would sort of be forced to leave them alone, right? Like mm-hmm. any other creature I can think of, we would just, as a human species, we would just immediately ruin it. We would just kill all the unicorns for their horns and, like, hunt the pegasus. You know, it would be a disaster. But mermaids, they're going to swim down. There's only so far down we can go as mermaids. So I think it would be best for everyone if mermaids were the one thing that's real. And I think, like, mermaids or any, like, at least I live in the ocean, like, any aquatic sort of cryptid like a kraken like that could definitely like there's still pretty like there's a pretty big room of like that could like could still be there because how like what there's like a such a small percentage of the oceans that have been explored Mm -hmm. like who knows there could be fucking mermaids living in the depths of the ocean that we will literally probably never find What's that thing, though, that they say that we've explored more of space than the ocean? Or yeah. That can't be true, can it? Because space goes on forever. I There's mean, no I possible guess. way that we've explored more of space. Because I don't know for if that it's to be space true, or if it's our solar, our system, solar system. Our galaxy, probably. Maybe I'm just dumb. I just shouldn't say anything anymore. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Um, well, let's dive into it. So... Um, dive mermaids <laughs> sorry go ahead uh so anyways um this movie starts with some text on the screen which i fucking hate because Woo-hoo! i never have the time to write it down did you write it down no but the gist of it is that three student filmmakers disappeared in burkittsville maryland mm-hmm. in 1999 no 98 1994. 94. 94. Good In job. 1994. Yep. Two years before I was born. Um. So anyways, uh, that sucks. So our first character we meet is Heather. And she is being filmed. Uh, she is announcing that she's leaving her home to go investigate the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. She's got these survival books and stuff. How to survive in the woods. Yeah, she's got a survival book. She's got her field notebook, which I don't know why she would need that. Uh, she's got, she says, so it looks like a storybook, like an old tattered storybook. But then she says it has the article about the Coffin Rock. I was like, why is there an article in this storybook looking thing? But whatever. Okay, anyways. So uh, this is, uh, so, okay. So we've got Heather, Mike, and Josh. Yeah, Mike is either completely new or Mike mainly is friends with Josh and has never met Heather before. So that's kind of the dynamic. I think Heather's friends with Josh, Josh is friends with Mike, Heather and Mike are strangers. That is also the vibe that I got. Yeah. So, and they're all college students. Um, They are getting ready to leave. They have their cameras. They're buying food at the grocery store. They're buying rice and marshmallows, which same. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the necessities, you know. Mm-hmm. 
so we find out that they're making a documentary about the Blair Witch, which is this legend mm-hmm. um, in the town of Burkittsville, where they're going, formerly, formerly known as Blair. Blair. Uh, so they they go to this town. They go to Burkittsville. They're uh, butt kissville. <laughs> they're going. They're going to. They're going to Burkittsville. They're interviewing residents. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of asking them about their experiences, whether or not they've ever heard of the Blair Witch. Some of them are like, "Oh, that kind of sounds familiar," and some of them actually know quite a bit about the Blair Witch. Some of them have heard the stories, but everyone is kind of giving the same vibe at the very least which is that this is a very old legend right the one guy is like oh my my grandma used to tell me those stories like the Blair Witch is gonna come get you if you don't go to bed on time yeah it seemed kind of like a folktale type deal where it's like if you kind of like um it gave me a lot of like La Llorona type vibes Mm -hmm. where it's like if you're out past midnight or past like if you're out when it's dark outside like the Blair Witch is going to come get you, so you better come home on time by curfew. And, like, it's a small town. She does a clip of her being at a cemetery and says how, like, an unusual amount of, like, kids and, like, young people have died here. Um, Says that kids disappear. Like, multiple people have told stories of kids just disappearing in the woods and how at one point seven kids disappeared. They were... uh, their bodies were found in this cabin in the woods um, and that supposedly the tale is that this guy, whose name I don't remember, would take them down to his basement in twos. And I was like, but there were seven of them. I do know the name of the guy. Oh, okay. His name was Rustin Parr. I will be honest, I don't know how we were meant to know that because I didn't catch it, but obviously they said it at some point. I think when this guy was talking about how the kids died he said like, i'm oh, sure he did guy. but i didn't hear it but um the main thing that bothered me in the whole thing was that seven kids disappeared and he took them in twos it's not an even number so one kid just went by down himself anyways he took him in twos one of them he'd forced them to face the corner away from whatever he was doing while he killed the other one because he could feel their eyes on him and like now the woods are haunted and every once in a while like kids disappear um, but the actors were requested to interview the townspeople who often, unbeknownst to those actors, were planted by the directors. As a huh. result, the expressions on the actors' faces when listening to their tales were completely unrehearsed. I like that. Because the Heather, Mike, and Josh all fully thought that the Blair Witch was a real thing. The directors gave them all this, like, fake lore about her and completely made them believe that the Blair Witch was a real thing (laughs) and that they were making a movie, like, based off of this very real incident that happened and this very real thing, basically. And so when they were basically told, like, when you get to this town, go around, interview people, ask about the Blair Witch, get these, like, real, like interviews and stuff but they were all actors because the Blair Witch is not real they didn't know that until after they were done filming wow but yeah that is actually really really cool yeah I really like that I I feel like you could never pull off something like this in the age of Google and that is what makes this so special is because nothing like that will ever be able to be done ever again you'd have to do like an extreme amount of like lying (laughs) 
<laughs> lying fake news articles. Yeah. Like people tweeting well, about it. They should shit. give Discovery Channel a call. Yeah, Discovery Channel. I know really some other good. networks that like to lie. So, yeah, so so Heather films this scene in a graveyard where she gives this history about how a lot of infants died there in the 1940s. They film this scene. They're like, fantastic. We, we finished the cemetery scene. This is going great. Um, and this local man that they interview, like you were just saying, tells them about the hermit who lived in the woods and abducted children and killed them. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, brings them or directs them, really, to a woman's house named Mary Brown, mm-hmm. who is seen by the community as crazy. Town let, crazy me, let me drop a piece of wisdom on you. And all of our listeners, something that I've learned in my 26 years on this planet. If anyone ever refers to a woman as crazy, you go to that woman and you listen to every word she says and you take it very seriously because she is right about every, every word that comes out of her mouth is right. Yeah. Um, and, and Mary is. Mary is right, as we will mm-hmm. learn. Um, she's not crazy. She just had an encounter with the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. And she said she was fishing with her father and she felt the presence of a woman. Um, and she saw a woman who had really dark fur all over her body, like horse fur. Mm-hmm. Also, Heather and uh, – really Heather, but also Mike Won't and Josh. stop interrupting her. They are terrible interviewers. Terrible. I I, oh. <laughs> I was like – Shut up when you're interviewing someone about something that you really want to know about. You have to listen. Let her say her piece, and then you ask questions when she's done talking. They but were the just interrupting her time. every second to ask questions. Yes. <laughs> like, let this lady get her lines out, Heather. <laughs> uh, yeah, so after the interview, they're, they're driving. They're sort of writing it off. They're like, eh, she's nuts. Mm-hmm. And... So at the end of the day, they, they park themselves in a hotel, they drink some beer, and they prepare for the day uh, ahead tomorrow. Heather's yeah. like, Tom- tomorrow's going to be really, really hard. Today was a piece of cake compared to tomorrow. They're going to be gonna hiking. hiking. Mm-hmm. Yep. tired of this reality? Us too. How about once a week you take a break and visit a different reality? In Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, we bring you a comedy podcast full of ghosts, werewolves, gentle vampires, and Frankenstein monstrosities made of 72 people stitched together. And somehow, that's not even the strange stuff. A proud member of the Pot Moth Network. Every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. state two mm-hmm. they I, my notes crack me up because a lot of times i'm just like it's like free yeah stream of consciousness and i wrote okay now it's day two and they're doing hiking 
<laughs> yeah. I wrote next day, time to hike. <laughs> yeah. So we, I think right as they're about to like, you know, go into the woods, they uh, stumble upon some fisher fishermen. Um, and they tell this tale of Robin Weaver. Robin was a young girl who wandered into the woods and then three days later appeared back on her parents' front porch. Um, and then started to talk about an old woman that whose never feet her whose feet never touched the ground and then one of the guys says that you know he saw mist coming from like some of the trees and stuff and the other guy thinks he's like awful as shit um but yeah that that's Mm -hmm. uh that's his story yeah, we we see another shot of them driving. This is funny to me because they're like, this, this is some real woods we're driving into. And it's literally not. It's like a paved road. <laughs> yeah. They're still on a paved road, so they're perfectly fine. Um, they've they, packed as if they're going to climb Mount Everest. They have huge backpacks. And mm-hmm. I know they're carrying tents and... Like bed all, rolls and Or really, like they that. only have one tent, though, don't they? Yeah, they all sleep in the same tent. Yeah, so, so they don't... why do all of them have, <laughs> have huge backpacks? Uh, and they're headed to Coffin Rock. Uh, Heather does... This is funny to me. Heather does this voiceover thing telling the story of how five men were killed at Coffin Rock in, in what sounds like some kind of ritual... Mm-hmm. Um, so their intestines were like removed and things yeah, like that it was like really brutal something weird is going on but she's reading straight out of the book she's reading mm. straight from the article but the way i mean she's got this very and she's got a really nice voice for like presenting she's got mm-hmm. a news presenter voice for mm-hmm. sure um but she's not reading her own writing she's reading i mean in the world of this documentary right she's making a documentary but wouldn't it make sense for you to write your own material for a documentary you're making not just read it out of a book I don't know. I think she's reading that article that she was talking about. Yeah, but that, like recap. So. I don't know. Wouldn't you like write your? I don't know. I guess. Anyways, um, that evening they stop to camp. It is raining, which does not look like fun. Hmm. Um, and everything seems fine. They're camping. They they all seem to be in pretty good moods. Yep. Um, the the next morning, Josh, Josh or Mike? Yeah, Josh said that he heard like cackling. Yeah, he said he heard noises uh, during the night. We also find out that Heather got the group lost for a brief amount of time during the day yesterday. Because she insisted on taking, like, shortcuts and shit. And here's the thing, is that if you're in the woods that people have notoriously gotten lost in, maybe you should really strictly follow the map. Don't just take shortcuts and be like, oh, well, it curves up here, so let's just cut through this. Like, no. No. Like, you we, we go map. hiking in, like, pretty established trail areas, you and we can even still get lost. Yeah. Thankfully, we have, like, maps on our phones and shit. Yeah. But, like, you have to follow the map. Because if it's in a situation, like, you don't know, like, you've never been here before, there could be cliffs, there could be holes, ditches, anything. Yeah. So just stay on the fucking trail and follow the map. Yeah. Um... Heather says she's happy with how the documentary is going so far, though, and I could not make this shit up if I tried. When I was writing my notes, I accidentally wrote, she doesn't know if she believes in the Blair bitch. Blair bitch. Uh, so, yeah, they're taking, they're still taking shortcuts. Heather has them do this shortcut up a hill. She goes, um, she goes, well, some of it is off-trail hiking. That's not... You hike on trails. Mm-hmm. Off-trail hiking is just wandering through the woods. <laughs> That's not a thing. So, 
the actors themselves actually got lost three <laughs> times. I believe so. That. Yeah. Um, we unfortunately, they, they're still in a decent mood though, right? We unfortunately have to look at Mike's chest for a period of time and yeah. also a dead mouse. I didn't like either of those things. Yeah. So, right. So this is the days before all trails. So all they have to go off of is is this map, which does not feature GPS. Yeah. And I I can't, I mean, you and I both, like, I, I'm technically Gen Z. I was not born in the age of paper maps. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I mean, I know how to read one, but I would not be able to very effectively use one, especially in the woods. You also, no offense, have a terrible sense of direction. Yeah, I know that. So, but... Yeah, and then there's also, there's several times where they're going to climb over, they're going to walk across down logs, across streams, Mm -hmm. and they act as if it's, like, the most terrifying thing ever when they're not even a foot off the ground. I mean, that's how I act, too, when I have to I know, but they're going so slow. Like, they're sitting there, like, bear-hugging this tree. I will say, though, they also have huge backpacks. I guess, but I've walked across logs with a dog tugging me across. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I would be careful, too, because they're in the middle of the woods. If they break an ankle, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Anyways, they end up uh, finally coming across this cemetery burial ground. They find seven piles of rocks. I think at this point they've reached Coffin Rock, right? This is when they reach it? Well, Coffin Rock was where she read the, the story. Oh, okay. When okay, she was sorry, reading the story, they were at Coffin Rock, and now they're at the cemetery where there's the seven piles of rock. Okay, my bad. Presumably for those seven kids that that one guy killed. Mm-hmm. And now it's nighttime. And they're back at the rock piles, and Josh ends up knocking one... Josh or Mike, I don't really know. It's knocks, Josh. Knocks one over, and Heather's like, oh my god, and then puts it back. And presumably this is the moment where they fucked up. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it seems like it was an accident, but it's not... Don't it, mess with yeah. burial grounds of any sorts. No. So, um, so they start hearing uh, some noises in the woods. It's like snapping and cracking noises. And yeah. those cracking sounds were actually made by the directors and the assistants by walking up to the camp's, like, perimeter area, breaking sticks, and just throwing them, like, in various different directions in the woods. I was really curious how they did that. It almost, there's such, like, clean snaps that it almost sounds like you're taking, like, two by, like, two two by fours and just slapping them together. Yeah. It's just such a, like, a good cracking sound. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's raining the next day. Josh is under the assumption that it was just people fucking with them, mm-hmm. presumably those fishermen. Um, Heather says, like, there, no one knows that we're out here. Girl, you went around the entire town telling people that you were <laughs> filming this and that you yeah. were going to go hiking. Yeah. Everyone knows you're out there. It's not, it's way more, it makes so much sense that someone would be fucking with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they, they do at this point start trying to hike back to the car, but they're still very, very lost. And Heather is trying to convince them that they're not lost, Mm -hmm. but it's raining and Mike kind of starts losing his mind because he's very upset and they have to stop to check the map. And eventually it gets dark because, uh, it's nighttime now and they've been wandering for a very long time Mm -hmm. and they have no choice but to stop to camp. 
So in the tent, they hear the same noises that they heard the night before. And Heather, of course, leaves the damn tent to investigate. Which just gives me the same vibes as, uh, what's her name, leaving the house in Evil Dead. Yeah. Um... Yeah. But Mike says, like, Mike's like, well, maybe it's a deer. And Heather's like, I don't think it's deer. It's around on all sides of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, on, well, like you were just saying, on the captions on our on our TV, it said snapping noises. But to me, it was like a clamoring almost. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting sound. Um, so, anyways, the next morning, they uh, they wake up and they find some very bad news. There are now three piles of rocks. One for each of them. Just like the ones that Josh knocked over. Right outside their tent. So they're all super freaked out. The guys are angry. Heather also finds at this point that her map is missing. So they they all just start arguing. Yeah. And so she's blaming the guys. The guys are blaming her because she's just irresponsible. She is also just continuously filming this entire time. While the guys are like, first, we need to focus on getting out of here. Whereas you are just focused on like, this is great content for my documentary. And they're getting pissed with her and they think that maybe she got rid of the map or lost the map because she's either irresponsible or because she wants content for the documentary. Um, And so then they just come up with the plan that they're going to follow the creek. Good plan. Um, and then they start to talk about how, like, someone's going to notice that we're, we're gone. If we're yeah. not back by tonight, like, Josh's girlfriend's going to know, like, Mike's boss or how, whoever. Someone is going to know that they're gone. They know that they were coming out here, so they'll be able to find them. Basically, they just have to survive until then. Yeah, so they're just kind of walking one way, following the creek and hoping for the best. But they're also doing a lot more messing around at this point than I would be doing. They're still kind of like jokey and, and you know, maybe just trying to keep the spirits up high, which is fair enough. Um, but Heather, at, at a certain point, they have to cross the creek. And Heather gets her shoes wet. And the guys start kind of laughing and sort of poking fun at her. But and Heather loses her shit. All of their shoes are wet. We find out yeah. all of their shoes are wet. And they're just kind of laughing at the situation. And she just goes off the handle. She does not like that. No. Um, and um, this all starts another argument. And at this point, Mike reveals that he has kicked the map into the creek yesterday because it was useless anyway. Yep. And so they all start fighting and screaming. Josh shoves Mike and they start physically fighting too while Heather screams. It's There's just a giant mess. And I will say there's a lot of points in the movie where it seems like abrupt, like stopping and starting. And I actually really liked that because that's kind of what would happen. You wouldn't yeah. necessarily be filming the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You would just, and that's what found footage is. So like, duh. But I'm just mansplaining found footage. But yeah. I like the... I like the how they're screaming and then all of a sudden it just stops and they and then you kind of find out what their next plan is. Yeah, because some found footage films, I think, like the biggest flaw is that it's not realistic in the sense of like why would someone be filming that? Like you have to give a good reason as to why. Right. And I think that's where you kind of get this almost like you get the insufferable Micah mm-hmm. who like doesn't in Paranormal Activity who first doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. doesn't believe that there's a ghost and says well if there is i'll catch it on camera and then becomes obsessive with it yeah whereas which is with, kind of heather in this yes with yeah. heather it's almost like 
I think I saw an article that was like how Heather is like the Captain Ahab, where like like obsessively wanting to detail things down and wanting to catch things for this documentary. So that is our explanation as to why some of these things are being filmed when your natural inclination would be to not record these things. And it also, we also get the very reasonable, like, um, responses from Josh and Mike of being like, put the fucking camera down, like, stop filming, stop, put the camera down, because they're kind of the, I guess the more reasonable sort where like they're not going to be filming this yeah you know you kind of get i think this movie does a really good job of explaining it and also having realistic cuts of like okay they're all fighting so heather like the two boys are fighting so now heather's going to turn the camera off and try to help like make like make peace and then we get cut to after when everyone's calmed down you know well i think it's interesting because they there's when they do these found footage or like mockumentary, um, I'm going to talk about the office style of filming. They mm-hmm. talk about it on office ladies all the time about how they had to justify why the cameras would be there. or mm-hmm. Like you said, why the cameras would be on. It's like, so there's certain things you miss, right? Yeah. Like, for example, like in the office when Michael and Jan go on vacation, you just, you find out a little bit after the fact, whereas on a traditional show, there would be a whole vacation episode, you know? So there's certain things you miss, but in a sense, I think sometimes it makes the experience... I don't know what word I was gonna say richer and that's not what I'm looking for it's more authentic it is more authentic because and and I think for horror it works especially well because you miss bits and pieces and you're like wait what's going on what happened mm-hmm. right but there's this mystery that's left and it makes it even scarier which I think is part of why yeah. I love found footage so and much. it's also like almost a little unsettling how abrupt it goes from them being full-fledged screaming at each other getting into a physical altercation and then smash cut to the next scene where Heather presumably turns the camera back on where they're all like, I'm really sorry. And like very calm, mm-hmm. apologizing and like very level headed. You're like, what? Like yeah. what? Just because you don't get that satisfaction of like seeing the like how everything was resolved. Right. It's just like screaming, fighting and then bam, like, I'm sorry. Well, and it's honestly, I mean, it makes sense too because for a movie like this, you don't need that character development. No, we don't need to know how they... Spoiler alert, they're all going to die. Yeah. Um, But so one of the messages that were dropped in those like kind of care package crate things to the actors uh, revealed to Mike and Mike only that he was the one to destroy the map. So he improvised on the spot that he kicked it into the river and he actually took the map and physically kicked it into the river and he had thought that Heather and Josh saw him kick it into the river. So Mike just carried this information of him kicking this map into the river basically almost the entire day of filming until finding the right moment to reveal it to the other two, which would be the moment that we saw. Nice. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Moving on, they end up deciding on a plan to just keep going south using a compass, which is all they have left, apparently, to guide them. I just, the thing is, is that I don't understand why they, if you're ever lost in the woods, from what I've been told is that you either go north or if there's a body of water, you follow it Mm -hmm. into like whatever way it's flowing. 
but I one of the things that I do know is that you have to just keep going in the same direction. Like right. whatever you're doing, you stick to it because right. you'll eventually hit something. They move directions they, too many times. They switch their plan like three times. Yeah. And I don't understand why not having the map changes your plan of following the river. Yeah. You can still see the river. It's not like just follow, keep following the river. Like that should have just been your plan because yeah. eventually you'd hit something. Either a lake or, I don't know, not, does Maryland have a coast? I don't know. Whatever. But you'd hit a lake or something. You'd hit some body of water. But they just change it from, like, now instead of following the creek, they're going to go west. And then later they change it again to go east or something like that. So. Yeah. Um, So there's, like, there's a cut scene of them all just kind of stopping and just sort of giving up. And then there's another cutscene where we see Mike start screaming from kind of a distance saying that he's found a bunch of voodoo stuff, is what he says. Um, And they all kind of run and they find this almost like a, it's not really a clearing, but just this kind of section of the woods where there's all these different hanging Sticks they look like little voodoo dolls. They like, do. Like they little stick like, figures. They look like little stick figures. At first, it kind of looked like maybe crosses and X's and stuff, but mm-hmm. it, they really are. They're they're like little people made out of sticks mm-hmm. and branches and stuff like that, and they're all just hanging from the trees. Heather will not turn the damn camera off. Mike starts panicking and screaming for help. Uh, the sun is starting to go down again. Yeah. Heather finally admits that they're lost, and she doesn't yeah. know where they're going. And they come to the conclusion that the first night, nothing bad happened to them. And they didn't light a fire. And then the other two nights, they did light a fire and weird stuff happened. So tonight, they're going to not light a fire and hopefully nothing will happen. So we'll see if that theory works. But then later in the night, we hear some like whispering and kids' voices like laughing. And then something like starts beating on the sides of their tent. Mm -hmm. And so... The sounds of the children uh, heard at night was taken from kids playing around the house of director Edward, Eduardo Sanchez's mother's house. Uh, the tape was played over boom boxes in the forest. And according to Mike, he found that to be the scariest scene to shoot in the film. Because also in the scene where they are sleeping in the tent and uh, the tent suddenly like is shaking or something's like beating on the tent, they all get scared. And that's because this was unscripted and the directors were actually outside shaking the tent. So the actors getting out and having that flight, fight or flight response of them running mm-hmm. was completely like unscripted. Yeah. That's just their response to something just, you know, banging yeah. on their tent like that. Yeah, so they do. They they run out into the woods and they end up kind of hiding out mm-hmm. out there until the until the sun comes up. Uh, when they return to the tent, they find that their things are all messed up and thrown around. Josh's stuff is all covered in slime. It's KY jelly. Yeah. Um, and Heather still won't turn off the damn camera. Mike and Josh are completely fed up. Mike actually attacks, like kind of goes at Heather. And Heather bites him. Because <laughs> you hear him say, if you bite me again, I swear to God. <laughs> and she actually did bite him. <laughs> She fucking bit him. (laughs) Uh, And later we cut to them hiking now or they're kind of, it seems that there's a pause in their hiking. Josh is seemingly having a moment. Heather now decides that she wants to rush 
and try to get somewhere, even though she's been the one filming and holding them up the entire time. And Mike is just saying, you know, let him have his moment and then we'll continue. And I think one of the funniest things is that they multiple times have said, like, this is America. We can't get lost. (laughs) And I'm like, you you definitely can. can. (laughs) You most definitely can get lost in America. Yeah, so Mike ends up seeing a log that he says is the same log they crossed earlier, which would mean, of course, that they're going in circles. Uh, At first, Heather's like, no, it's not. It's not the same log. And then she realizes it is the same log. Um, So she starts crying. Josh is yelling at Heather. um, And the sun is starting to set again. Yeah, that's not great. And so to promote discord between the actors in order to get them to fight a lot, the directors deliberately gave them less and less food for each day of filming, <laughs> which I think we've seen for other movies that we've covered. I don't really remember which one. Yeah. But, That's um, the kind of thing that would never fly in 2023. Yeah. Oh, but... it's kind of like uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, how yeah. they only fed him like yeah. cheese sandwiches or something. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I guess Josh starts to kind of antagonize Heather a little bit. He takes the camera and starts filming her and, you know, kind of like making fun of her or like attacking her or making the movie and filming while they were lost and going through all these things. And during this kind of rant, he says that Heather took something. And I guess off camera, we don't ever see this because at first I thought I missed something, but I guess it does take place off camera. Heather does take one of those stick figure people. She mm. takes it. So, yeah. Smart, that's Heather. not good. Yeah, so um, that night in the tent, Heather and Mike are sewing pants. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I thought they were wearing pants. I thought so, too. But they, they have holes in something. them or something? Maybe. Maybe. They're stitching their pants. Maybe. And they, they're all kind of talking about what food they want to eat. Mm-hmm. Cheeseburgers and mashed potatoes. Sounds good Sounds to like me. your diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's morning time and Josh is gone. Yeah, Mike and Heather are calling out for him. They try to find it, find him. They have no idea where he's gone. Heather and Mike did not know that Josh was going to disappear. So the directors had left a note for Leonard, or Josh, uh, instructing him to wait for the others to fall asleep and then leave the tent. They had to wait for 45 minutes before calling him out, telling him, you're dead. And Josh was actually really glad to leave because he wanted to go to a concert. (laughs) So, yeah. There's also a scene where um, it's like Heather talking to the camera, but it's at her hands. Her nails are so clean. Yeah. I was like, how did you keep your nails so clean? Yeah. Very interesting. Anyway. Yeah, so Heather and Mike cannot find Josh. Um, There's a scene where Heather and Mike are talking that night, and... Heather says her favorite thing to do on the weekends used to be go into the woods and go hiking, and that might change now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night, they hear Josh's screams from their tent, and they look for him, but they don't find him. So Mike says he doesn't know if it's really him. Heather says she thinks that whatever it is knows that Josh is gone, and they're trying to lure them out of the tent with his screams. Mm-hmm. Mike agrees, and he says that if it was Josh, he would have said where he was. Mm-hmm. When they were calling back out to him. Yeah. So in the morning, Heather finds a bundle of sticks outside of the tent that are all tied together with twine, and it looks like maybe some pieces of little cloth or something It looks like, like Josh's flannel. Yeah, yeah. 
So she picks it up and moves it away from the front of the tent, which, I don't know, touching it doesn't seem like the best idea. Yeah. But, but she she does find inside the bundle of sticks is a piece of Josh's clothing, which, so to me, this looked like an organ. I thought it was one of his Teeth. organs. Yeah. And then I read the Wikipedia page and it, it his pieces of his uh, or his teeth and pieces of his hair. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't tell Mike. She doesn't tell Mike. I could understand not wanting him to panic, but it doesn't really do them favors later on. No. In just a little bit here. So during that scene where Heather finds the bundle of tied sticks, production designer Ben Rock was looking to see, oops, was looking on to see her reaction uh, for when she looked inside. She didn't open the bundle, but instead threw it away from the tent. Uh, Ben Rock conveyed this back to the production team, who then had to step in and tell her to go back and look inside it. And the teeth that were inside the bundle were real. Eduardo Sanchez's dentist gave them to him. Hmm. And the hair was actually Josh's hair that they cut. Yeah. They keep hiking. What has it been, like a week now? Um. Heather records herself apologizing to their moms. She says that she was naive and that everything that's happened was her fault. Glad she's taking accountability. It's also a little bit Mike's fault for for kicking the map. Yeah. So uh, they hear Josh screaming again and they follow the sound. They end up in this abandoned house. Um, which is presumably the abandoned house of the hermit that was mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Mike goes into the house where he follows the screams upstairs. So at this point, maybe it would be good to tell Mike that Josh is dead, right? Why would you let him follow the screams into that house? Yeah. Right? But I also don't know if like Heather believes that he's dead. I don't know. I mean, I guess with teeth and hair, he doesn't necessarily have to be dead. Yeah. And so they're going inside. They're looking for this man who's, I guess, definitively in their heads, Josh. And they hear him yelling again, so they go upstairs. We see a bunch of bloody handprints on the walls and some, like, futark runes, like, written on the walls and... Then once they get upstairs, they start to hear him downstairs. So then Mike just goes running downstairs. And Heather is screaming at the top of her lungs for Mike. And we, so they both have a camera. Mike has, I don't know, does Mike have the black and white one? And then Heather has, or I think Mike has like the camcorder or whatever. And then Heather has the black and white like documentary camera that they were Mm -hmm. using so we are at we were with mike's camera and he goes downstairs and he's in the basement there's like a thud and then mike drops the camera Mm -hmm. so the camera just falls yes heather is now screaming over and over mike's name Mm -hmm. and she goes into the basement where she sees mike just kind of standing in the the corner Um, and then we hear the thud again, and the camera falls out of her hand and onto the ground. The end. Um, so Heather and Mike were never told what to expect they were going to find in the basement. 
um, of that house. Uh, Mike was instructed to run up and down the stairs yelling for Josh before running into the basement and to keep Heather as far behind him as possible. So when Mike reached the basement, two production assistants dressed him in black or dressed in black, uh, grabbed him and told him to stand in the corner. When Heather arrived, they also grabbed her and gently placed her 16 millimeter camera on the floor while gesturing her for her to stop screaming. So, um, however, due to some sound issues, the scene had to be shot twice. And Heather says that the first time that they did it, she was so scared that she was hyperventilating and had to be calmed down by the crew. Yeah, I was going to say, being an actor in this movie sounds like a terrifying experience. Yeah, it really does. But that's it. That's the Blair Witch Project. I loved it. Yeah. It's good. I definitely think that... I think one of the things that I I typically really despise in horror movies or like any sort of movie but more particularly horror movies is when you have like a creature or something that is hunting someone down and then we don't ever see it i'm just like i want to see it i want to see how scary this thing is so it's just a little unsatisfying for me I didn't mind it though. Yeah, I it's like a very it's a great movie. Yeah. It's just plus, that's the one part that's unsatisfying to me. Plus, I mean, you know, like if we're being honest, there's a good chance they would have gone with the demon route and then I wouldn't have liked it. So, mm-hmm. I prefer that it's up to my imagination. Some there are some theories that it's actually this is like a snuff film mm-hmm. where Mike and Josh like, it's a plan to lure Heather into the woods and then they kill her. Mmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very interesting. I don't know, like, all the details of the theory, but that's just, like, the basis yeah. of the theory. That is, yeah, that's interesting. I like And I think, theory. like, not seeing anything, you're allowed to have all these different theories of it could be a demon, it could be some weird monster in the woods, it could just be a snuff film, it could be those two fishermen at the very beginning that were really just messing with them, or maybe they did kill them. Yeah. You don't know. I, yeah, I love this movie. Um, I mean, it's a classic, right? And this is what this and Evil Dead. I felt the same way with with both of them. Where I feel like a lot of times, you know, I feel like the way people think about classic horror mm-hmm. is not is not correct because it's and it's always some man. Like you'll be, they'll be like classic horror films. You know, they always got to call them films. Mm-hmm. And then they'll show you, like, Rosemary's Baby, which, yeah. like, looks like it was filmed on a Ritz cracker and mm-hmm. is... But, like, this is the shit that is, that is a classic, you know? Like, yeah. it's creative. It's groundbreaking. It was very new at the time. I mean, now people have made a ton of found footage. But yeah. even so, I mean, I still don't think anyone's done anything quite like this. Mm-hmm. And finding out more about how they actually made it and how invested or not invested but how um involved it was Mm -hmm. makes me like it even more yeah i loved it so what would you rate it on a scale of one to five rock piles (laughs) um i mean i I think i would give it five rock piles i can't really think of anything more i would have liked out of it Mm mm-hmm other than 
maybe slightly more varied creepy ambiance. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the shots of the abandoned house at the end. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool if there was more of that. But at the same time, I do understand just the necessity for it to be nothing but woods. And you just, like, see their descent into madness as they uh-huh. are, just get lost in the woods over yeah. and over. So for these purposes, I get it. And I, I think I would give it a five rock piles. How about you? Yeah. I'll say a four. I think... One, I think I would have liked to see even, like, a glimpse of something. Like, even if it's just, like, a shadow, Mm -hmm. you know? Just to, like, make it a little bit more scary. Mm -hmm. And then I would... I I think that, like, a little more variation, like you had said. There's just a lot of scenes where it's just... The creepy thing that happens is, like, snapping twigs and stuff, you know? So maybe a little bit more. But overall, it's just great. We need to watch more bad movies. I feel like I have only had positive things to say lately. I'll pick a bad movie. Well, because we watched some really good movies. We watched this. We watched Evil Dead, which I love, too. We watched Us, which is the still the best movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Now, I watched Winchester. Really yeah, Winchester was bad. Yeah, I loved it. So, Kayla and I have been playing this game <laughs> where we try to take two actors or famous people in general and then connect them together by either movies, TV shows, people they're, they're like notably friends with or have dated, married, whatever, um, in the least amount of connects. Mm-hmm. So I think we may have to cheat on this one. Okay. Cheating in our instance is just having to like IMDB things that they've been in because mm-hmm. we don't know off the top of our head. But I think what we should do is we'll take one actor from the movie that we're covering mm-hmm. and then a random actor. Okay. Or a famous person. Okay. So. Are there any, are any, did any of these actors go on to like. Yeah. So I think, hold on. I'll pick one from the Blair Witch Project. Okay. And you think of another famous person. Okay. I'll try to, I'll pick the one that's been in the most stuff. So we are going to do Josh. I sent you his IMDb, so you can use that. And who are we trying to connect Josh to? We are going to connect Josh to Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, oh my god. Okay. Okay, we got it. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay, so we have Joshua Leonard, Mm -hmm. who's in the Blair Witch Project, who was also in Bates Motel. Mm -hmm. He was in Bates Motel with Freddie Highmore. Uh, Freddie Highmore plays Charlie Bucket in Charlie of the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, who plays Willy Wonka. Johnny Depp was in The Tourist with Angelina Jolie. Nice. So that is one, one connect, two connect, three connects. Yeah, you won. Heck yeah. Okay, so, um, our friend Joshua was in this movie called If I Stay mm-hmm. with Chloe Grace Moretz. Mm-hmm. Who was also in The Addams Family oh. with uh, Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. who was an executive producer oh. on this movie called Murder Mystery, uh-huh. starring Jennifer Aniston, uh-huh. who was married to Brad Pitt, who was married to Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Oh, I forgot about the Jennifer Aniston uh, Yeah. 
So you won, but I think that's a good example of how the game is played. Yeah. Um, I Sometimes think... it can be really hard. What was the one that we had that was really hard? Mm, it was the one where we were trying to loop in, like, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hard one. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah. Anyways, my name is Taylor. My name is Kayla. Thank you for listening. If you want to uh, follow us, uh, give us a follow on Instagram at Speak of the Devil Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Speak Devil Pod. You can send us an email at Speak of the Devil Podcast One at gmail.com. Please give us a good review wherever you listen. Five star only, nothing less. <laughs> um, if you give us something less, we will find you and block you. And block you. <laughs> uh, what else is there? That's it. Thanks for listening. We're not scared of anything. Are you? Ah!